بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول کریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹیتھ آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ دا بلیسڈ منتھ آف that he blesses us in this month of Sha'aban and conveys safely to the holy month of Ramadan. Amen. So to spend a session <coughs> discussing the important subject of health. So one of the great medicinal blessings which the revelation has highlighted is cooking. So cooping is certainly a remedy for many ailments, a few of which are specifically mentioned. For instance, in Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sahih Abdullah ibn Abbas, he relates that our beloved messenger said, if cooping is applied correctly, it increases eyesight and also relieves the back passage. If cooping is applied, i.e. correctly, it increases eyesight and also relieves the bike passage. So, what have they discovered? One only needs to look at the relevant websites, a cursory browse, and you will see the reality of this prophetic statement. I.e., for instance, One of the reasons for poor vision is diabetes. So one of the excellent things to take away the pressure from the eye socket is to get cooked. So whatever the case, the Prophet said, it increases eyesight, it's beneficial for the eyesight. And he mentioned it relieves the back passage. And they proved that it is also beneficial for those who suffer from Hemorrhoids. So the question to pose is, how did the Prophet know this? He mentioned specifically two ailments, i.e. weakness of eyesight and also um, uh, hemorrhoids. In another report it mentions, this is recorded in Ibn Majah and is graded Hassan in Sayyid Sunan Ibn Majah, number 3487. Abdullah Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhu, He instructed his servant Nafi, I am feeling high pressure in my blood. Thus call a cooper for me. He has to be young, not old or a child. I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Coping is best on an empty stomach. It is a healing and a blessing as well. Indeed, it enhances knowledge. and strengthens the memory and intellect. SubhanAllah. So let's look at this. So Abdullah ibn Umar, the famous companion of the Prophet he felt that his blood pressure was raising. So he goes, go and call a cooper for me. And what's interesting, there's a hadith in Tabari, and it's authentic. And the Prophet said, high blood pressure kills, therefore cope. High blood pressure kills, therefore, cup. 
So again, he's mentioning things well ahead of the time. So now obviously we know that with high blood pressure, this leads to serious illness, strokes, heart attack. Then he mentioned cooking. And cooking again is excellent, i.e. to regulate one's blood pressure. But Abdullah ibn Umar, he said to his uh, servant, bring a, a mature man to me, not an old or a young child. And then he mentioned the hadith. And what did the Prophet wasallam say? Cooping is most effective on an empty stomach. So you shouldn't cope if you've had a meal. You should cope is best, is most effective when you have not had nothing to eat. Then he mentioned it is a healing and a blessing. Then he mentioned some other blessings. It enhances knowledge, strengthens the memory and intellect. And what did I mention uh, in the Quran session yesterday? That milk, honey and raisins also strengthen the memory. He is excellent for the health of the brain. But here the Prophet himself said that coping strengthens the memory and intellect. In another report, our beloved messenger said, وسلم, coping on an empty stomach is a medicine, whilst on a full stomach, it is a disease. This is recorded by Hafiz al-Shawqani in his Nail al-Awtar 13-179. So what's interesting, many people are aware that coping is an excellent medicine. But those same people, many are unaware that there's danger in coping. People think that it's a, rightly so, it's a medicine, it's an excellent means of shifa, but there's dangers the Prophet warned you about. And one of the dangers he specifically mentions, sallallahu is that you do not cope on a full stomach. Because this is now becoming a disease, it causes illnesses. And how many people have, you know, highlighted after coping, they took a turn for the worse. And then shaitan starts playing with them. They start denying the hadith of the Prophet, sallallahu Then the question to pause is, what time did you do it? Do you have something to eat? And when you ask these questions, they're baffled. Because why are you asking me those questions? Well, the cooper should have asked you. If the cooper doesn't know, why is he cooping you? And also days. You know, without going into it at any great length, there are three days in which it is safe to cook. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. The hadith is in Ibn Majah, authentic. Graded Hassan in Sayyid Sunan Ibn Majah, number 3487. So if you cook on a Wednesday, you've got problems. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So less than half the week are the safe days to cook. Of course, this is leaving aside the times of the month which the Prophet said are excellent times. So you've got the white nights, and if it falls on those days, no problem. But if you just generally pick a day, these are the days to pick. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Indeed, Anas radiallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu none of you should have high blood pressure, for it threatens your life. This is in Ibn Majah and it's Hassan. So coping again, like I mentioned, was mentioned by the Prophet sallallahu So what's strange? The state of science, even a couple of hundred years ago, they didn't even understand how the blood circulates. Because strange that is, you know, they had some sort of idea, but they didn't really know. And yet the Prophet explicitly said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Sayyid Bukhari, Shaitan flows in your body like the blood flows, or circulates around your body like your blood circulates. So the Prophet explicitly mentioned it. 
and they've rediscovered it, blood circulates. So note, when it comes to health, the Prophet gave you very specific things to do that Allah is. And there's a report. It mentions that one should get cooked to remedy certain ailments. In Hakim, it is Mustadrak Sahih. Sorry, there's a report. The hadith is in Tirmidhi. And when the Prophet went on the blessed Isra and Mihraj, he said, I did not pass a group of angels who did not say to me, tell your ummah to cope. There is no medicine like it. So now what's interesting. Why are the angels giving this knowledge? <laughs> Do the angels get cooked? Of course they don't. They are human beings. So why have they got knowledge of this? Because they have knowledge of what benefits mankind. And they wanted to give a gift to the Prophet ﷺ. Think about that. They could have given anything to the Prophet ﷺ. What were they telling him? Tell your ummah to cook. There's no medicine like it. Who gave them that knowledge? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, you know, you should strive to uh, get this into your life. In another report, in Hakim, it is Mustadrak Sahih, Abu Sa'id radiallahu he directs. Once a group of people met the Prophet at a place called Hadr. He thereupon gave a detailed account of all the varieties of dates that grew in that area. Someone said in astonishment, Ya Rasulullah, may my parents be sacrificed for you. Even if you were born in our area, you could not have known more than what you already know. I testify that verily you are the chosen messenger of Allah. For indeed, otherwise you would not have known the names of so many variety of dates. Stop in the report. So imagine, these people come, Place called Hadr. What does that mean to me and you? Hadr. So the Prophet starts talking about dates. And they start looking at each other, thinking, how does he know about our dates? So one of them said, he goes, Subhanallah, you truly are the messenger of Allah. He goes, even if you were born in our area, he goes, you couldn't have described it better. The Prophet then said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the entire map of your area has just been brought before me. And I saw from one end to the other. Hence, I also know that the best of all your dates are the dry dates, for they cure diseases and do not have any side effects. Indeed, they do not induce sickness either. So the Prophet explained why he knew about their area so well. He goes, Allah showed me your area. He goes, I saw it from one end to the other. Then he told them something, said Allah, the best of all your dates are the dry dates. Now, what's interesting about that? People don't usually go for dry dates. They like the soft ones. He goes, brother, this, whoa, this is, you know, chewing it for about 20 minutes. See, I can't swallow it. Can you give me that juicy one? And he goes, oh, you can have the juicy one. But what did the prophet say? The best of all your dates are the dry dates. What did he say about that? Said Allah, they cure diseases and do not have any side effects. Now, why is that important to highlight? Because some people, they think they're clever. Because you shouldn't have too many dates. It's not good for you. Why are they not good for you? He goes, Chacha Sab told me. Right? He goes, well, I don't know about Chacha Sab, but Rasulullah said they don't have any side effects. And then he said they do not induce sickness either. So dried dates in particular, we're talking about obviously quality dates, not those you get for three, for 50 pence, three packs, that's just pure sugar. And then even got that fake stem with it as well. <laughs> 
if the date wasn't fake enough, they got the fake plastic stamp with it. You know, it's plastic. You know what? You know, do honestly people believe these are dates? You know, so bad. So the dry dates, you should try to have these during the day. This is also help to give shafa. Clarifying further, Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu that Abu Nubid Messenger said, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam." In the sweetness of dried dates, there is no disease. In the sweetness of dried dates, there is no disease. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sayyid Hadith. So the Prophet actually explained where the benefit is. It's in the sweetness. But what's interesting, to get the sweetness of a dried date, you need to chew. And sometimes you're chewing for a while, and eventually the sweetness comes. Because in that, there is no illness. Similarly, Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu said, the best dates are the dates called Barni. The best dates are the dates called Barni. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sayyid Hadith. So what are the Barni? Our beloved Messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa the best of your dates is Al-Barni. It takes away sickness and indeed there is no sickness in it. This is in Tabrani. Behaki Hakim Abu Nu'aym in his Atib Ibn Asini Adiyah Ibn Adi Aruyani Al Aqili is Hasan. So the Prophet actually mentioned that the best of your dates is Al Barni, but this is important. This is after Ajwa. Ajwa are the most superior dates which are mentioned in the famous collections. They protect you from witchcraft, possession, poison, and are from paradise itself. So the Prophet, you know, made that clear. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The rest of the dates, the best are barni. What did he say about it? They take away illness. There is no sickness within it. Now these blessed dates, the Prophet loved. So Bilal radiallahu, he wanted at any given opportunity to get some barni dates. So there's a report which mentions this. In Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim Mishkat in the chapter on business. Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu relates, Bilal radiyallahu once brought some barni dates. And in description, they are red tinged with yellow, sweet and luscious. So they're the dates that you, they look dry, but they're not dry. They're tinged with yellow, they're sweet. So Bilal wanted to get some of these dates, barni. When he brought them, Rasulullah asked, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where did you get them from Bilal? Bilal radiallahu said, I had some inferior dates. Thus I sold two measures of them for one measure of these burn. The Prophet sallallahu said, Awah, aynur ribah, aynur ribah. Ah, this is usually in reality. This is usually in reality. Do not do this in future when you intend to buy sell the dates separately, then buy from what you get from it. So just explaining, the Prophet he said, this is riba when you sell like for like, certain things. So how do you get around this? You don't get around it. But you sell that product, if it's gold, and with that money you buy some other gold. You don't exchange gold like women do. They take their necklaces and they go, I want some earrings. This is riba. Right, so you go into the and the jeweler should tell you, but they don't know left from right anyway. Right, got nice names, right? but you go in and you say, "I want to." How much is this necklace worth? And then they'll say X amount. Okay, I'll sell it. 
when he gives you the money, I'm going to buy those earrings. And even, even if he asks you, why, why don't you just exchange them? You can't exchange gold for gold. It's, it's usually. And debts are the same. So Bilal, what he did was, he got some inferior debts, and he gave twice the amount to get half the amount of badly debts. His intention was good, was to please the Prophet because he loved badly debts. But the Prophet said, this is riba Bilal. Because don't do that in future. So leaving that to one side. Why was Bilal so eager to get Barni debts? Now we know because the Prophet liked the things that are blessed. Allah Ta'ala has put blessings in. And just as a daily habit, <coughs> it is an excellent habit to eat one of these blessed dates on an empty stomach at the beginning of the day. Our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, eating dates in the morning before anything else kills stomach germs. This is recorded by Imam Suyuti in his Jami as sahih number 6394. So the Prophet encouraged that at least have one date before you have anything else. So this is what's interesting. The only time that we really focus upon dates is when we break the fast. You notice this. Ramadan's coming, so people start piling dates up. And eventually they get so many piled up, they start giving it away like Uthman Lord. But the problem with that is you don't need them. So where's the sacrifice? But anyway, right? So you get dates, but this is something we should do every day. So before you have your breakfast, have one date. And the Prophet said, it kills stomach germs. And what's interesting, one report says it prevents appendicitis. That's a hadith from Abu Huraira in Kanzul Umar. And they've proved it. Because what causes appendicitis? And he goes, it's to do with lack of certain minerals and elements. And all of those elements and minerals that are lacking are found in dates. And how did Abu Huraira know that? But note, it has to be before anything else. You don't have a slap of breakfast, then you have a day on top of it. Right? You have a day, right? Make sure you swallow it before you start eating anything else. Once it gets into your stomach, then I think you're covered. And to finish, when you relieve yourself, there's a very interesting uh, mustahab act. In Tabrani, it has a weakness. Suraka ibn Malik, that our beloved messengers reported to have said, whilst passing excrement, one should exert more pressure on the left leg and keep the right leg upright. So this is the idea. So the first thing to point out is not authentic. <laughs> but it's not fabricated. So the scholars, they say, you cannot call this a sunnah. But you can say it's recommended. So leaving that to one side, what does the hadith mention? That it's better for you to go for the call of nature sitting on the f- soles of your feet. Unfortunately, the toilets that we have in the West is erad- eradicates that. So if you have an option, it's always better to sit on those toilets where you have to squat. But then how do you squat? The report says put more pressure on the left leg. Why? The Prophet didn't mention why. All he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he goes, you should exert more pressure on the left leg and keep the right leg upright. So why? Everything he tells us is wisdom. So what have they discovered? SubhanAllah. Sheikh Muhammad Musharraf Hussein in his work, Medicine and Pharmacy in the Prophetic Traditions, Volume 2, page 230, he states, 
it has been reported that medically this practice seems to be a remedy for constipation. The reason could be that food ingredients after being digested pass through various vessels and intestines. The useful parts go to the blood whilst the remainder is deposited in the intestines on the left side. Physicians say that when pressure is exerted on the intestines through the left leg, it forces the waste products of digestion to be excreted through the back passage and the excretory products come out easily. As a result, the stomach remains free of unnecessary products of digestion and constipation disappears. <laughs> so now this is the thing. We don't need to know the wisdom. When the Prophet says something, that's it. It's truth. But the tragedy is our human has become so weak, we have to wait for the signs. So what's strange, when I mention the hadith, no reaction. When I mention the sign, somebody grunted. MashaAllah, right? So there's the example of weakness of Iman, right? Once the Prophet says something, class, then the science says, oh yeah, thanks for confirming it. And the tragedy is people are like this now. For example, black seed. How many people are taking black seed? And then you go, why are you taking black seed? Because Prophet said it, Prophet said it's a cure. No, really, why are you taking black seed? Tell me the truth. And eventually they come out with their tail. Well, look at science. You know, they discovered about it. Well, why do you call the hadith first then? Science is your God, right? Astaghfirullah. So when the Prophet says something, that's it. So he said in this report, put more pressure on the left leg, keep the right leg upright. Didn't give you the wisdom. And look what they discovered. Basically, all the, you know, we call it the truck, you know, the, the, the rubbish that's left from the food. It deposits in the intestines on the left side. Mm. So you imagine the prophet got it wrong. Wouldn't they have said, look, your prophet doesn't know uh, biology. Mm. And then he goes, when you put pressure on the left leg, it forces it out. And what's interesting, your body relies on a bend in the colon where your excrement is stored and the back passage where your excrement is excreted. So now some technical words. Your puberectalis muscle helps keep your excrement in place by kinking your colon like the hook keeps the curtains open. Because this is essential when standing or sitting to stop the excrement from exiting. However, when you want to release and sit the conventional way on the toilet, the colon is not completely straightened, thus leading to blockage over time. So what is one of the reasons people get constipation? Is you're sitting on the western toilets. <laughs> it's not straightening the colon. However, if you squat, the colon <coughs> is completely straightened, for it is the only position in which the puberectalis muscle completely relaxes, which allows efficient excretion. Hence the invention of the modern squatty potty. <laughs> squatty potty was this. It's a device they put on the western toilet so you can squat. So why don't you just get a toilet that you sit? The only ones who really probably need the sitting toilets are the aged and those who are ailing. 
completely healthy people, you know, what is going on there? And what's interesting, because yeah, it's not comfortable when I sit on the floor. Well, you're not there to go to sleep, are you? <laughs> you're there to get rid of the waste. You know, you're not going to bed, are you? You know, I'm not comfortable. What do you mean? You put brustan on me. I'm going to radiate next to me. You're going there to have, a, you know, what are you doing? Right? So, the squatty potty, they've invented so much to catch up to the prophetic teachings. So, note, whatever Rasulullah mentioned was haq. And just to add this to finish, our beloved messenger is also reported to have said, in Tabarari, leave those medicines that cause diseases to the body of a healthy person. So this is a very interesting relation. Leave those medicines that cause diseases to the body of a healthy person. So what does this mean? So there's certain medicines the Prophet was highlighting, that will cause the healthy body to become ill. He goes, leave those medicines. That is, avoid those medicines that cause severely harmful side effects. Thus, if a medicine is helpful in an ailment, but induces greater sickness, it should be avoided. So from this hadith, we understand that if any medicine is known to cause profound side effects or adverse reactions, it should be avoided. So for instance, chemotherapy. And one should earnestly explore other safer avenues. So chemotherapy, what is it? It's a poison. You're putting a poison into your body. Your healthy cells die because we hope your cancer cells die as well. You see the person, he looks like he's dead. Has he obeyed the command of the Prophet? No, he hasn't. Leave those medicines that cause diseases to the body of a healthy person. He's not sinful. The Prophet didn't enforce it because this is not the good way for Shafa. Allah is not a tyrant. He's not going to put your Shafa in poisons. But unfortunately, people aren't bothered. They go straight for it. So note, when it comes to physical health, the Prophet gave us incredible guidelines to protect us from any unwanted eye harm and pain. The eternal peace and blessings of our exalted Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa who indeed instructed us to all good. Amen. So all I mentioned today was our beloved messenger giving a few exhortations, sallallahu alayhi wa with regards to our physical health. And I should have said, in Ibn Majah Authentic, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, there is nothing better after Iman than Afiyah. So health is the next greatest blessing after Iman. So if you want to put it on a pedestal, the gold medal is Iman, the silver medal is health or Afiyah, and the bronze medal is wealth, according to one report. Unfortunately, we reversed everything. <laughs> So again, note, Iman is the most important thing to look after, to nurture. Then it's your health. And then, of course, wealth, if you use it correctly. Are there any questions? So, man, I'm going to be humble. 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 I'm